so I had to gradually fall in love with Yorkshire, but now I'm completely I wouldn't live anywhere else because Yorkshire has got everything that I possibly could wish for. It's got the landscapes, it's got it's got the people, almost everything that uh, I would want in a life. Welcome. You're listening to the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast. This episode is entitled Instruments in Suitcases, the Influence of Migration on Kirkley's Music Scenes. Over the course of this podcast, we've already heard a number of voices who have migrated to Kirklees from somewhere else. We've also heard a number of people who are second-generation migrants. Episode 4 was all about the stories of South Asian music in Kirklees. This emphasis on migration is important, because migration is a vital part of the story of Kirklees and therefore its music scenes. Today, we're going to dive into the migration stories themselves. How did the musicians get to Kirklees? And what music did they bring with them? The stories and the reasons people arrived here are fascinating, diverse and sometimes very challenging. I came because there was war in my country. When the war started, they separated me from my husband and my little boy. He was only two. You might have recognised the first two voices in this podcast's intro. Supriya Nagarajan told us about Manasamitra in episode four, and Emira Husarovich spoke about Bosnian folk music in episode five. We'll hear the rest of their stories later on in this podcast, but first, there are a number of new people I'd like to introduce you to. Today, we'll hear from the following musicians and musical facilitators. Uh, my name is Yudene Manirakiza. I was born and grew up in Burundi. Uh, I've been here in England since uh, the year 2002. My name is Emira Husarevich. I came from Bosnia, 1993, to England. My name is Fatima Hama. I am from Nurse, Iraq, Kurdistan. I came here 2006. My name is Frank Grombeer, and I'm originally from the Czech Republic, and I moved to Huddersfield in 2006. Uh, my name is Hussein Suleiman. I'm from Iraq. Uh, I came in the UK four years ago. I'm Supriya Nagarajan, and I'm based in Dewsbury, West Yorkshire, originally from India. My name is Thomas Benjamin. I was born in Trinidad in the year 1954. And I came to England 1969 in May. The first person in that list was Dee Dee. You might recognise his voice too. He tempted us into this podcast episode at the end of the last. Dee Dee is a Burundian drummer. Uncontroversial, you would have thought. Think again. I spoke to Didi in 2022 and he told me all about his move to Huddersfield and the complications that learning Burundian drumming brought to his life. The joy as well, you'll be happy to hear. Here he is. In the background, we can hear music from his band, the Ambatimbo Burundi Drummers, playing on Castle Hill for World Within Yorkshire. <laughs> my background and the reason behind me being here. I came here as an asylum seeker from Burundi. Um, when you are an asylum seeker in the UK, you introduce yourself to the authorities, to the immigration authorities, and uh, they decide where they send you in the country. You don't have a choice of where you have to go. The Home Office will decide where to send you. They sent me the first time to Huddersfield 
and I'm still here. I've never left. Yorkshire, for me, gave me the impression of being very welcoming, uh, very accommodating. When I came here, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody at all. Uh, I'm quite a sociable person. I'm very outgoing as well. Uh, it was not difficult for me to make friends, so I made friends pretty quickly. I asked him if his parents were supportive of his drumming. Initially, my parents were not happy about it because in Burundi we have a problem of Hutus and Tutsis, two tribes that do not like each other. They have been killing each other for many, many years. That's one of the reasons I ended up here. So uh, the drumming was seen as uh, an activity for the Hutus. So me coming from the Tutsi family, my parents initially didn't like it. They, they thought, what are you doing? That's not for you, that's for the Hutus. And uh, I didn't listen, I carried on. There was uh, one festival that happened in the school. So my parents were invited to come to the school to this particular festival. And I was playing drums with my classmates. And my parents saw what I was doing. They were very impressed. They couldn't think that I could do it. They didn't know that I could play drums and dance and sing and jump around. So they, they were very, very impressed. So um, I'm glad that they came to that festival because that has helped them to change their minds. These tribal divisions, they are not real. I don't believe in them personally. I have grown up to learn and see things and embrace diversity out and about and the travel the world. So. I'm not particularly connected to my tribe, but I, I would say that I'm connected to humanity in general. I would like to be myself as a human being in the community of humans, not belonging to one particular tribe. So that was Didi's introduction to drumming, but what has he been up to over here? Well, the band we've already heard from, of course, but also Didi is engaged in a number of community projects too. Here he is again to tell us more. But uh, I had a great, great feedback from the communities here. It's something very, very unique. Something people have never seen before. I played a few different places in schools and the kids in schools loved it. The energy, the singing, the dancing, they loved it. I thought it was something that came to complement the diversity we see around Yorkshire. Yorkshire being a very, very diverse area, which is very, very beautiful. I think our drumming came in to complement the diversity which was already here. And the kids love it. It's a great experience. <laughs> It was a real pleasure speaking to Didi for that interview. His joy and enthusiasm for life and music shines through in his presence. Didi came to the UK as an asylum seeker, and Huddersfield was lucky enough to be his destination. Everybody's journey is slightly different, and this episode will give you a wide range of reasons and narratives about how musical people make it to Huddersfield. 
In the spring of 2022, I was invited into a warm and welcoming church in Springwood. They gave me some delicious food and I met a number of very beautiful people. Two of them were Fatima and Hussein. They spent a few hours of their day playing music for me, letting me play on the Saz, and most importantly, talking to me about Kurdish music for the Town Sounds Oral History Collection. Here they are discussing their journeys to Huddersfield and the music of their land. For me, actually, when I came here, I didn't know anything. I, for me, it was quite frightening to go out. I locked myself for one year in the flat because I, without my husband, I'd never went anywhere. And I just preferred to not to because that's what I heard they might attack because I am wearing a scarf. They might do something which is not, and I didn't know English. I could understand because I was a teacher, but I couldn't speak at all. And also when I came, I lived in the flat. It was every, every single night, it was a fight or it was something, and it just made me not to go out. And after that, I, because I, I, had a, I had my first child and then I went to start college and I found it, I did the mistake to not come out because it wasn't reality where I lived different from what is this around the town or you know, around the college. But I, I found it quite welcoming, really. Yeah, his journey is a bit different from mine because I came legally. He came illegally because he had something in Kurdistan which he couldn't stay in there. And uh, he came, you know, the way to come through the Europe, you know, by, you know, see on the, from France, so that's why he said he came over by lorries. It was really difficult when he came over, but he also said, I just remembered uh, the expression when he came to Yorkshire, what he found is really freedom for his musician, you know, music to do wherever and he, he wanted, he can play. It wasn't the same as my country because uh, he wasn't free. He couldn't do what he wanted. He had to ask permission to do, or sometimes they didn't let it because, you know, some of the communities are quite strict with the religion, some of them is not accepting their things, and he has to go around the cafeteria and, uh, you know, like a coffee shop or bar, things like this, to ask if they could, but even with that, he couldn't do it. Freedom in here has made him more happy. He is really, really happy here because his music is free. That's why he left our country. He's been uh, uh, warned to stop playing because he was a teacher teaching children music. They like harassed him in a way. They said, if you do these things, you will be, it's not good for you because you will take the children away from the the religion, really, because in some of the, our religions, some of the religious, actually, uh, the music is forbidden. You cannot, you know, do the music or sing and sing those, which is related to music. And he's been attacked by that, and that's why he left the country. 
and he in here he doesn't have that kind of fear which is for him is really great because that's what his passion to do his music Hussein plays the saz, which is a plucked string instrument used in Turkish, Balkan, Armenian, Azerbaijani, Kurdish and other folk musics. The musical scale of the instrument is different from Western instruments in that the frets are spaced in a way that produces something sounding more like quarter tones. Fret 1 is a minor second, fret 2 is a neutral second and fret 3 is a major second. This is very different from the guitar, for example, which misses out the neutral intervals between the major and minor ones. Here is Hussein giving us a demo of the instrument, followed by the pair performing an unrehearsed folk song together. Fascinating information and beautiful music, I'm sure you'll agree. The music we're listening to now was recorded by two of my friends, Max on the flute and Alessia on the violin. Alessia has a Greek father and an Italian mother. She was born in Italy and was partially brought up in the UK. She now studies at Huddersfield University. Max is from Argentina. He is now a music teacher in Wakefield. In this piece, you'll hear the chickens and birds roaming around Alessia's father's olive grove as they play in the dappled sunshine of Kalamata. The piece is a tango by Francisco Canaro, entitled El Pochito, meaning the baby chicken. It was written in Uruguay in the early 1900s. It was arranged by Claudio Aristimonio, Max's teacher when he was studying at the Conservatory of Buenos Aires. My next interview is Frank Grombier. Frank no longer lives in Kirklees, but he has an extensive knowledge of the locale, having studied Polish, Ukrainian and Czech migration to the area quite extensively over the time he was here. He moved from the Czech Republic with his wife for work. They started off as care assistants working night shifts, mainly with other migrants. Frank became a local historian and perhaps surprisingly soon became a member of the Polish community here. I spoke to him about the traditions of his homeland and the story of his music in the UK. Everybody has some baggage attached to their life and those traditions are part of that baggage. Uh, especially in today's world when traditions are evaporating, uh, it's something to hold on to. But uh, where I come from, people try and keep up uh, the traditions. I don't know, there's lots of traditional festivals where I come from, people still 
things like pilgrimages and little village fairs. So in terms of activity, I think it's, it's very vibrant. When I was growing up, uh, it was just after uh, the Velvet Revolution, or I was born 1985, so four years into the Velvet Revolution. It, uh, it was quite an interesting era because uh, there was still a lot of things in, during that post-communist period that we inherited from that era, but at the same time new hope and there was a lot of stuff that I sometimes keep hearing from people born before the war, you know, uh, houses being unlocked, you know, people just wandering into your yard, uh, no problem, you know, no fear of anybody, stuff like that. So I, I, I was brought up in that sort of environment. Your life was dictated by various uh, festivities, uh, marked by those things. But just before Easter, on Monday, Thursday, there is a belief tied to the church tradition that the bells fly away to Rome. And instead of those bells, church boys go around the village and they make a rattling noise using various clicking um, pieces of wood. And that's instead of the that's instead of the that's supposed to uh, su supplement the church bells, for example, yeah, things like that. So yeah, I have lots of fun memories related to those traditional things. We are a musical family, and. I mean, lots of lots of people in Moravia, which is part of the Czech Republic, the more traditional part, the South Moravia. Uh, a lot of people just play a musical instrument as part of their upbringing or education. So, my brothers would play a musical instrument. I I had to do I had to play the recorder, which I still can play, which is quite useful, uh, and then the clarinet. Frank's family switched back and forth between St. Patrick's Irish Catholic Church and the Huddersfield Polish Parish, also a Catholic church, both on Fitzwilliam Street. There wasn't much music going on at the Polish Parish, so it was up to Czech Frank to get some going. So first we went to St. Patrick's Church, and there was a musical group that we, we thought, oh, that would be fun to be part of. <laughs> but... Um, for some reason, I think we must have had quite limited English back then. We didn't feel very accepted, so we thought, oh, bugger this, we'll try something else. And then somebody told us about the Polish church, and because the Polish community is, is the strongest in here, and the language is fairly similar, even the traditions and things like that, you feel some sort of affiliation. And there was a young priest there, and we went there on a Sunday, uh, and it was completely quiet. What, what we're used to, you know, new music, guitars, youthful singing. So this is what I grew up in. Uh, and we wanted to bring that to Huddersfield. My wife, she was quite brave. She said, oh, why, why shan't we set up a group like this in the Polish church? You know, Czechs in the Polish church, but why, why not? I got to know one, one uh, girl from the university who was Polish as well. So she sort of helped us and uh, a few other people came and we just started learning Polish uh, songs. I, I played the guitar, she, uh, she was the choir leader and, and you know, it was quite empowering, you know, it, was, it suddenly gave us a purpose, you know, we were giving something to the community. It was great because through that we got to know a lot of uh, new people uh, and it was, it was a fun thing to do. I should say, I've recently visited the Polish church myself for a sermon, and the lively music has once again disappeared, as beautiful as the sermon was. Shortly after my interview with Frank, his family moved back to the Czech Republic. 
In order to pack light, he first dropped off a big pile of Czech children's books to my house, which we have had great fun reading with our little boy, so thank you to Frank and family. One of the many perks of my role as a musical oral historian. We're next going to hear from Thomas Benjamin. As podcast listeners, you'll find out more about Thomas and his music in episode 12 of the series, Brass and Steel, the bands that put Kirklees on the map. Thomas was part of one of the first steel bands in Kirklees, but before we find out all about that later on in the series, his migration story is interesting, so let's hear about that. Whilst he speaks, we'll hear the Hallelujah Chorus, performed by the North Star Steel Orchestra, which was founded by Thomas's brother, Kelvin. Well, when I first came to this field, we came by aeroplane BYC because at that time they both were facing out, you see. So we came by London and from London, on BYC we came on, from London we came to Manchester and my dad picked us up. And we were travelling through Manchester, I said to my dad, why is all this old smoking? He says, oh, you'll find out sooner or later. And he never said a word about it again until I get home. When I had to clean the fire, and I know that I had to keep us warm all day long, you know. Because in those days, there was no central heating. And I thought, well, after, after, after a month, I thought, well, I'm, I don't like this, I want to go back home, you know. But as time went on, I grew into it, and I went to school and all that. And I really get to love the place like, you know. And I came to England, 1969 in May. And I've been here ever since, going back and forth. What sort of music did you grow up listening to? Well, I grew up in Trinidad, as you know, because I came here when I was 15. And I was listening to Calypso music all the time, because that's, that's what is staple diet at, at them times, all Calypso music. And after Carnival, it changed to a different sort of music, like, like ordinary pop music. But basically, it's Calypso all the time, and still by music. The music we're hearing now is from the album Posse of Fireflies by Sapria Nagarajan, Duncan Chapman, Ben Castle, Karen DeFleet, Lucy Nolan and Carla Rees. As the music hopefully suggests, it's time to rewind back to the beginning of our episode. We first heard from Supriya Nagarajan and Amira Husarovic, two people who have appeared on previous episodes but we currently know little about. So let's find out. First, Supriya, who before she was a professional musician, worked in the banking sector. We go to India at least twice a year. And in, in 2005, when I made the trip in January, I visited our you know, village, uh, the temple in our local village. I visited there. So it's very, very rural, very... There's practically nothing there except maybe paddy fields and cows grazing and, you know, and the sense of calm was so, so appealing. So at that at that point, I realized that that was what was missing in my life. And we are a very nuclear family. There's just the four of us in the UK. We have no relatives as such. I needed to be there for them as well. I needed to experience that calm for a longer length of time. It wasn't even a choice. I knew what I wanted to do because I had always been doing music. So it was music was my thing. It was my passion. It was it was my life. So there was that was a no brainer. It was that was my time to actually make the transition, and I did. And then uh, there was a huge excitement because it was like. I can actually really do something I love doing now. And then 
joy because it was uh, I could be at home, I could be with family. There were all these added benefits of not being uh, the person that I was before. To find out about Supriya's musical life, listen to episode four on this podcast series where she talks about the Dewsbury organization Manasumitra. In fact, her whole interview is fascinating, so consider popping into the West Yorkshire Archive Service where all the full interviews are kept and taking it out for a listen. Finally, we're going to hear from Amira Husarovic. Amira is a landscape artist and teacher of Bosnian culture and language. In Bosnia, Amira had been employed as a teacher of art and music. Once settled in Britain and having learnt the language, she returned to teaching, helping Bosnian communities in the north of England. For five years, she taught at the Bosnian school in Dewsbury and then a further five years in a similar establishment in Hull. You will have heard her discussing the folk music of Bosnia in episode 5 of this series. Now we'll listen to her discussing her movement to Yorkshire. While she talks, we'll hear from local band Klonk, who amongst other things perform Balkan folk music. This is a Romanian folk song entitled Gayam Parale, performed here by Klonk. I came uh, from Bosnia. I couldn't speak English language at all. That was really hard. When I came to this country, it's always raining. And I thought it's different than in Bosnia and how I'm going to cope. Over the years, I managed. The journey was hard because I never left my country before. Because I was 30 years old when I came and I am now 30 years here. They took my husband to concentration camp and uh, left me uh, with my parents. And I was for two years, no have idea, nothing knowing about my husband. And one day after two years, I got the message from Red Cross the saying that my husband is alive. He survived three concentration camp and uh, he got the list of the country who want the people from who was in concentration camp that they can they can um, go out of Bosnia and uh, the England was first country on the list and he decided to come to England and he came in August and following three months after December I got the letter from United Nations um, for forces that was in Bosnia they said uh, I have to be ready and go out of the Bosnia uh, to meet my husband here in England. After that, I've been here for another three years before war the finish. And I never seen my parents for five years because uh, I couldn't afford. Uh, when I came here, we was very poor. We've been living in the same street for 30 years. My son is grown up. He was four when he came on his birthday. He's more Yorkshire boy, <laughs> uh, speaking Yorkshire, broad Yorkshire. And um, he speaks Bosnian as well, because I make sure that he learn Bosnian and read Bosnian. 
A special thank you goes out to 6 million plus for introducing us to some of this podcast's episode guests. And another thank you goes to you for listening to episode 8 of our 12-part series exploring a wide range of Kirkley's music scenes. So far, this podcast series has focused on old and traditional music, but next week we'll be finding out more about modern genres that are being played in the area. Dubstep, hip-hop and pop. Remember, if you missed anything in this podcast and would like to know more, with the description of this episode, you should be able to find all the information that was included. Follow us at Town Sounds on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you next time. This was a Let's Go Yorkshire and Sam H. Song production. The host and producer was Sam Hudson. The podcast has been supported by... Kirklees Council, Kirklees Year of Music 2023 and the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Town Sounds explores the musical histories of Kirklees to uncover untold stories through the voices of local people living musical lives. For more information on this podcast, please visit musicinkirklees.co.uk.